Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovee. It's always game day in Buffalo here on the Odyssey app, Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you pod your um, your smart speaker, your smart device, however it is. We appreciate you listening. Please subscribe. Be great if you subscribe to us. Throw us a nice rating, a review. Uh, we appreciate all of that. So over the weekend, um, the Bills obviously were the first game, and then Sunday – we were able to watch football and Matt, I mean, what, what a great day of football it was unbelievable. The Bengals Steelers game, the tie and the Colts Texans game was actually pretty good. Incredible endings. And in the, the Washington commanders game, the Eagles and lions, I mean, you name it. It was just sensational football around giants and, and Titans, obviously Brian Dable getting his first win as a head coach, anything that you saw that stuck out to you, anything you want to start with? Uh, I think that we could win the AFC South. So congratulations to you and I Sal, because uh, somebody's going to have to, somebody's going to have to win that division. So I, I saw an amazing tweet and I forgot who did it, but there are zero wins currently in the AFC South right now. And two of the teams played each other. Two teams lost, and then the other That's two teams amazing. tied. Like, think about that. After this first week, every single team in that division has a zero in the win column, but two of them played each other, which is exceptional. Um, the Bengals game was outstanding. Um, it, it was it was such a crazy game. Like, when the Bengals got the ball back, I was like, okay. I, I was having this conversation because I was watching with my friends. They got the ball back with, like, a minute 30 left and a couple timeouts, and they were down 20 to 14. And I said I think I would rather be in the Bengals position than the Steelers position because if they scored, then they would go up, and then they would win the game. And then, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick blocks the extra point and it's this crazy game. So that game was nuts and hell yeah, Brian Dable for going for the win. I give that guy so much props. I'm always going to be an advocate for the aggressive play. Even if it doesn't work, it was like the Titans game last year with the bills. I loved the fact that they went for it and Josh Allen slipped and they lost whatever. Sometimes that happens. Go for the win. And I like that he did that. And I think he immediately has gained credibility with his new team and with his players, like the video after of Saquon, like running off the field and like losing his mind. Like you want to play for that dude. I I don't know anything about Joe judge as a coach, but I have never seen videos about Saquon running up to him and jumping into his arms (laughs) after a week one game. So right on Brian Dable, right on. So we had a discussion a few weeks ago. I told you this was a really tough survivor week, like week one, like who are you going to take in the survivor pool? Got to take somebody to lose somebody to win. Yeah. 
I, I was I was lucky. I got by. I took the Ravens as my survivor pick, and I hate taking road teams, especially early in the season, but I did. But what's crazy is this is how crazy the week was. In the one survivor pool I'm in, 117 people are in this. 64 are already out after week one. And that doesn't include the night game on Sunday, the two games, or the night game on Monday, the two night games. So, um, yeah, this was a wild week. And the game you just referenced, the Giants, they beat the Titans, of course. Matt, think about this. The Bills have an opportunity next week, Monday Night Football, at home, in the home opener, to bury the Titans two and a half games behind them after only two weeks. That's This is the number one seed from last year. The team the Bills were chasing for the number one seed all year. If the Bills win, they'll be 2-0. and The Titans will be 0-2. That's two games, and the Bills will have head-to-head. That's two and a half game lead over them only after two weeks of play. That would be huge and a, a leg up for them, so to speak. The Bengals already lost a game. That's big. That's a team that's going to be chasing. Yes, the Steelers won. We think J.J. Watt is probably going to could be out for the year with a torn pectoral muscle, mm-hmm. a big blow to them. Um, but this is a big opportunity for the Bills next Monday night. I'm looking. Have you seen the line yet? I saw what it opened as with the Bills and the Titans at the beginning of the year. Have you seen an updated line for next week by chance? Um, I will check on that in one second. I will get one for you, actually. Okay. Yes. My guess is that the bills will be, if you, okay. So I'll be six get, or well, seven, right? Well, they opened at the beginning of the year, I believe is a six and a half or a seven point favorite, the bills at home against the Titans. And after what we saw in week one, I would bet that that number bumps up a little bit. My guess is that it's going to be like seven and a half. And I think the Titans are still, and I know they just lost to the giants. I think they're a fine team. I think they're probably going to be a team that contends for a wild card spot, but Derrick Henry did not look the same against the giants. I know he's coming off of an injury. I know that he's getting a little bit older. Maybe the giants are better than we think they are, but like Tannehill's Tana, the, the, the thing that I always say though, is don't sleep on the Titans. Cause they always play the bills tough. Always, always, always. I think the bills are going to win the game. And we'll talk more about that on the next episode later in the week, but they always are a thorn in the side of the bills. They win a lot. They've won and they've beaten them because they could run the ball against them. And then they mix in Tannehill throwing the ball and running. He's a good athlete, but mm-hmm. you know, they can kind of control it a little bit with the run game. And now with this bills D line, you hope that's not the case. The line, by the way, now is up to nine and a half in most sports books, anywhere between eight to nine and a half, but nine and a half seems to be the consensus. Pretty wild. Nine, nine and a half against the team. That was the number one seed right. in the AFC last year. It's I mean, amazing. that speaks well. That speaks volumes to how good the bills are. And I will say the difference in last year's game, like of course, Josh Allen slipped at the end of the game. AJ Brown took over in the second half mm-hmm. of that game and they no longer have AJ Brown. So it's going to need to be Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, or Hilliard, like one basic. And I think he left the game early too. So I I'm intrigued by this game, but I think the bills are in a really good position. And I had one other thought too, when I was watching these games today, you know how we had been talking about, you know, the first seven weeks is kind of like the gauntlet for the Bills' schedule and how tough yes. it was going to be. I think I'm ready to say that it's only the first six weeks. Cause I don't think the Packers are any good. Well, they got blown out last year, though, week one, too. And then they made, it, I know, you know, to I know they did. They, they, this is, it's kind of, but I agree. I don't think that they're as good as people have been touting them. Um, I did pick Minnesota to win this week. And Matt, I'm kicking myself. In my yearly NFL predictions, which I posted last week at WGR550.com, 
I had the Vikings winning that division and then I changed it and put the Packers uh, before publishing and I put the Vikings in as the wild card because I do think the Vikings can win the division. We'll see though. Anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, of course, that's going to be tough. Their receivers, they, they were dropping passes. Yeah. The defense didn't look as good as advertised. People keep saying how great this defense is going to be. Um, so we'll see. One they, were without, they were without Bakhtiari too. That's, so that's like, right. he's maybe their second best player. So like, I, I realized that they'll, be better than that down the road, but they like Aaron Rodgers looked like he wanted to retire after the game today. <laughs> like he, he was throwing to the guys on your flag football team, basically. <laughs> um, what one other question on this? Do you, do you see any game the Bills will be underdogs in all year? I mean, unless maybe at the end of the year at Cincy, depending how their season goes, I guess, on a Monday night on January 2nd, I, I could see that. But otherwise, I don't think the Bills are going to be, oh, maybe Chiefs. maybe Kansas City at Kansas City in a few weeks. Chiefs on the road. Night. Chiefs on the road. I, okay. I think that I that's, that's the only I, one. Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> the Bills are really good. And that'll take us to the questions that we wanted to yeah. answer. Because, you know, somebody basically said, like, are the Bills good enough to go 20-0? and 0? Like, no, no, they're not like they're, they're not going to go undefeated. You have to have so many breaks go your way on top of being a great team. Let's crawl before we can walk. Yeah. They're really, really good. They're not going undefeated. This is not going to be the smoothest ride of all time. That's and right. quite frankly, I don't think you want it to be a smooth ride sure. because if it is a smooth ride and then you get to the end of the season, that's when you lay an egg. And that's when people get up. Like, look at the Packers last year. The Packers were unbelievable in the regular season. And then they lose in their first playoff game. Same thing with the Titans. The Titans were really good in the regular season. And then they get upset in the divisional round at home against the Bengals. And nobody saw that coming. So like, no, it's not going to happen. I think that, they're going to drop some games that people are going to be surprised about, but they're still super talented and they're absolutely good enough to contend for a Super Bowl. And that's what this is all about. All right. So let's check out some. I had some questions here. Do you have any right now? Because I lost the thread. Yeah. Where some of our questions were. You can go ahead. Yeah. This is a good one. This is from Joe Tua or Mac. Don't count the rest of the roster right now. If you were building a team, who would you pick to start a team around Tua or Mac? I think I'd take Mac Jones. Um, you know, he's bigger and stronger. And that matters to me. I think two is tiny and I need to make sure I, I'm not convinced he's going to survive a whole season. And Mac Jones did play well last year. I mean, he was all rookie. He's, he made the playoffs. And and I, I think that um, all of those things added up for me, I would take Mac Jones. All right. The next question. I agree with you. I would take Mac Jones. Also. The next question is future of Khalil Shakir and Shaq Lawson. And I think this is a good question. So I'm glad that somebody asked this. Okay. So I think this goes to the larger question really of the inactive list and what we thought about it. Right. Because mm -hmm. I was surprised Khalil Shakir was inactive. Yeah. I was, I wasn't super surprised. Shaq Lawson was, we talked about that. We said that could happen. I mean, mm -hmm. if they want to go eight TB, I mean, eight linemen or nine linemen, you could see that happening. I think Zach Moss was a guy we debated by the way, how smart does the coaching staff look? I understand Zach Moss fumbled. I get that point of it, but maybe not trusting James cook yet. And having say, let, let's make sure we have a guy, right? If something happens and they mm -hmm. did, and I know Zach Moss fumbled, Zach Moss led this team and touch led the um, running backs and touches, which is incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I think that was interesting. Khalil Shakir is going to be fine. Yeah. I think the I biggest agree. surprise with me on Thursday night might've been the fact that the bills rolled Jamison Crowder out there as the starting punt returner. And by the way, he played well. He played solid. He made good decisions as a punt returner. He caught the ball. He's probably earned himself at least another week doing that, even if they thought about putting Khalil Shakir out there. 
Yeah, I was going to say that I think it's more likely we see Shakir on an active game day roster before we see Shaq Lawson. Cause mm-hmm. I don't think anybody on the defense has earned basically a week off. I think maybe if you're dealing with an injury, then Shaq Lawson becomes part of the active game day roster or something like that. But I, I would say it's just a matter of time. It's not a punishment to those guys. Really. It's just how deep the team is that I think that it's kind of a luxury because there will be injuries at some point. And then those guys are going to be on the active roster. And then we're going to get to see Shakir's debut and we'll get to see Shaq Lawson and he'll probably pick up where he left off. If uh, Jordan Phillips is any indication of kind of what's ahead, then let's see, let's go through some of the other questions that we have here. Oh, Sal, what was it like to catch the kickoff? That was a question. All right. So, you know, the story, right? Have you heard yeah. the story? You've seen it. Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, in case people don't know the story, so the Bills go up 10 nothing. It's the kick it's the kickoff after the field goal to go up 10 nothing. And I'm standing down by where the Rams would field it and where I kind of usually stand on the kickoff so I'm there when the the drive starts. I'm watching the field, but I'm not watching Tyler Bass. I'm just kind of looking out at the Rams and whatever. And I hear the crowd Matt go, "Oh, yeah. like like they you knew something happened." Mm-hmm. And there was, and it was mostly bills fans behind me. I knew something bad happened on the kick. So I look for the kick. I looked up and I see the kick sailing short and out of bounds. Then I realize it's headed directly towards me and it's headed directly towards about four or five people in my general area. You've been on the field. You know what I'm talking about? That ball's coming down. There's a lot of people there. And by the way, even though it's this really big stadium and brand new and all that, and so nice. There's about as much room on that sideline as there is at Highmark, and that's not a lot of room, mm-hmm. right? So we're all standing there. So the Bills don't have the cheerleaders anymore, the Jills. Well, guess what? The Rams do. They have cheerleaders. Yeah. And there's two or three cheerleaders standing there, and I yell, heads up, heads up. And a couple of them kind of ducked a little bit, and I, the one cheerleader kind of stepped over to her right a, bit, a little bit, and I reached over, and they, that didn't like moss or like over her head, but kind of near, and I caught it. I caught it cleanly. That's now, big. I will tell you, I was a kickoff and punt returner in high school. When I played, I played high school football. I was actually like an all ECIC um, kickoff returner, punt returner, wide receiver. So I've done it before, but I have never caught an actual kickoff, obviously from an NFL kicker in a situation like this. So as it's coming, I'm debating, do I try? I'm literally thinking if I try and miss, like that's embarrassing here on national TV, but at the same time, I got to have confidence, right? So I reached out caught it cleanly. No bobble. The cheerleader, you could see it on video. She steps and she looks over at me and I just kind of looked at her and gave her a, there you go. And I kind of like showed her the ball, like I gotcha. So that was cool because people saw that and said, Oh, look at that guy casually just um, showing off for the cheerleader and showing her the ball. Like I was like, well, I mean, even me, like look at Sal, Sal caught it and Sal's like, Oh, showing off. I wasn't showing off, but what I was doing was basically like, oh, I got you. See, I caught it. Yeah, I guess maybe I was showing off. Well, I saw the, I saw the clip and it was impressive. So well done. Let's, <laughs> let's you. close out with two more here. What was your biggest NFL overreaction after week one, non bills related? That is from Sean. Got to have an overreaction to week one, non bills related. Let me go back and see. I've got one. If you want me to start, on. you go first, go ahead. I, I think the Patriots might stink. I don't like, think it's an overreaction. Is it? I don't know. It's like, I mean, they were, they were a playoff team. Like, I, like I'm saying like, they might like yeah, stink really bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, 
and it's like Miami, I think is going to be good. Like, I think Miami might be a wild card team. The Patriots were blown out by a team. That's fine. Like they're good, but like, what are the Patriots going to do against quarterbacks that are really good or against defenses that are really good? I don't know. I just think that they might really stink. I could be wrong. They have Belichick. They've got the greatest coach of all time, but I think they're like a five or six win team this year. Okay. I I mean, I know this guy is a great player. There's no doubt about it. Right. But a wide receiver has never won MVP. Never a wide receiver has never won the most valuable player award in the NFL. Justin Jefferson and overreaction could be like, he's going to win the MVP. He is great, but come on now. He had nine catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns. Like that can't happen every week, right? He's not going to do that to me. Maybe a bit of an overreaction about like the kind of season he's going to have because he's going to have a fantastic season, but I think it's an overreaction maybe to say that he's going to have an, he's going to be the MVP. That's never happened at his position. Yeah. I mean, look at Cooper cup last year. Cooper right. cup had a historically unbelievable season. He got one MVP vote one. So even if Justin Jefferson has a better season than Cooper cup had last year, right. And maybe he'll get two MVP votes. MVP votes, MVP votes, excuse me, is opposed to one. And well, then this speaking, is speaking of MVP votes real quick. My co-host Joe DiBiase has an MVP vote on, has an MVP bet, excuse me, on Trey Lance. He did not look like an MVP. Eww. The rain was the MVP in that game, but him and Justin Fields, both, it was, it was a quagmire and it was tough to watch that, that game. And then our last one is from Steve. Are the chiefs that good or are the Cardinals that bad? And I think it's the chiefs are that good. Like, I don't know why people were writing off the chiefs. I've never understood it. I know they lost Tyree kill. I understand that he's a game maker game changer, but my goodness, like I'm always going to trust Patrick Mahomes. I'm always going to think that they're a threat. As long as that guy's there, come on. I think it would be silly to not think that they're a threat. So to me, it's probably a little bit of both, but I think the chiefs are the still a very real threat and the biggest threat in the AFC to the bills besides basically the bills and the chiefs, I think are the two best teams in the AFC. I like it. I agree with you. I think it's the chiefs. The chiefs are very, very good. I think the Cardinals were getting a little too much love though, this um, off season and preseason, but I don't think they're a horrible team. I think the chiefs are just that good that they can, they can put it on you. And they did. And now without Tyreek, they're spreading the ball around a little bit. All right. So Matt and I are going to have another podcast for you before the bills take on the Tennessee Titans on Monday night. Um, the bills will have their normal week of preparation. Matt will be out there covering it for channel seven WKBW. I will be covering it for WGR. Of course, Matt, have you just taken a second to think about what Monday night's going to be like in that stadium? It's going to be unbelievable. Unbelievable. I am very, uh, here's a little fun fact for you too. I got another fun fact for you. Did you know, I think I might've told you this off of the podcast, but maybe there's people out there who are listening now. Did you know that orchard park schools do not have a full day of school? for the day of the home opener. And there's a very legitimate reason for it. So I've got a couple of people who I know who have worked for Orchard Park and they are having a half day for Monday of the home opener because the traffic is going to be so bad that they can't get the buses out with that much traffic. So there's a half day for Orchard Park schools it. 
Which Makes so sense. like so like I was talking to a couple of people at Orchard Park. They're gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna be in the grass lot by twelve thirty. Let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. Like a lot of people are gonna be. I think the atmosphere is gonna be unbelievable. I think having it at seven o'clock is yeah. actually super clutch compared to the normal eight twenty start. I think that for some people, it's gonna be a little bit tighter of a turn, whether they're getting out of work or they're trying to get back home from work or whatever it might be. But I think all things considered, the game should be done by ten fifteen. Even if you're stuck in traffic, you can get home, get a real night's sleep, go on with your week. And I think that the atmosphere is going to be, it would have been unbelievable regardless of what happened on Thursday night, but coming off of a win against the defending champs in a game where you're now nine and a half point favorites against the team that a lot of people in this area hate, like a lot of people hate the Titans really, really bad. Yes. So I think that this is going to be just a, a gong show is the word that I would use. Just need the weather to, co- to cooperate on Monday night. We hope that's the case. By the way, because it is a 7-15 start, that's why I'm letting my eight-year-old go to the game, his first night game. He's going next oh. Monday night. So it'll be a, it'll be a cool experience. Uh, and I bet you there'll be more kids there. Like, it's not super late, right? You can go there. You can get in, uh, maybe go to late to school tomorrow or the next day. I didn't say that. I didn't promote that, but maybe <laughs> that's what happens. All right, Matt, um, Continued best to your dad. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad he's feeling better. And um, obviously we all hope that he feels even much, much better uh, as it goes on. And obviously we're going to hear from you again when we come back on the podcast, because you and I are going to talk about what's going to happen against the Tennessee Titans. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back on the next always game day in Buffalo podcast with Matt Bove. I'm Sal Capaccio.